step inside the forum and you enter one of the most expensive pieces of real estate in all the sports. And here in Los Angeles this evening, all roads lead to the forum. It is the hottest ticket in sports. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the NBA League Pass Podcast, only on the World Report Radio Series. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams, checking in, man. We're going to do it another one, playoff edition, playoff update, only on the World Report Radio Series. Make sure you guys follow me on my social media handles on Twitter, World Report Radio, on Instagram, war underscore report underscore radio. Uh, we're going to not waste any time. We're going to get right into these NBA topics. We got a playoff update for you guys. Last night, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks take a commanding 3-1 lead over the Boston Celtics, which was a surprise for me to see. I would think uh, Boston could at least protect their home floor and win one game on their home floor. But nonetheless, they are down right now 3-1. to one. Um, I'm going to get to each series, but before that... Let's just continue the playoff update. We got the Rockets able to protect their home floor and tie up the series against the Warriors tied 2-2 right now. So that was very encouraging to see from the Rockets. And then you got the Raptors and Nuggets. They still home court back right now. So we got some crucial game fives coming up tonight on TNT in uh, the Raptors Sixer series and the Nuggets Blazer series. Uh, uh, which are both tied up 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Like I previously just stated, uh, the Raptors and Nuggets were able to steal home court advantage back and not pretty much enter Game 5 down 3-1, to one, which was the alternative had they not won Game 4 for both teams. So let's get right back into this Bucks celtics series really quickly. Um, I am disgusted by what I'm seeing from the Boston Celtics. Right now, um, I know a lot of blame is getting placed on Kyrie Irving. Um, they were able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks last year in the playoffs and reach the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. Um, now that Kyrie's back, you know what I mean? They're kind of, they, you know what I mean? I see a whole bunch of guys just pretty much watching Kyrie on offense. The offense is affecting the defense. Um, like we're clearly seeing right now, I mean, nobody wants to uh, take the responsibility of Guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, which is just, I mean, his performance uh, this series after that game one loss uh, for the Bucks to win three straight. He's absolutely taking over these games. He's not taking no for an answer. Uh, he's, he's, he's getting all the looks that he wants to get. I mean, if you look at the differences between game one and games two, three, and four, um, I think the, the Celtics came out with a concerted effort to not give him any good looks and just force him off of his spots game two you know what i mean they let him shoot the three which he started knocking them down and then once that was over with they won game one went into boston tied one to one you know what i mean 
you would expect, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, the Celtics to come out games three, especially, and come out and, and take that 2 1 lead. And even though they lost game three, I said, okay, the Bucks, you know, they take back their home court. You know what I mean? Giannis is going off. He's getting easy dunks, easy looks, easy layups. Uh, uh, uncontested double. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, uncontested looks to the basket when he's when he's driving. But you would at least you would excuse me. You would at least expect the Boston Celtics to come out game four and tie up the series because if they lose that game, that was a must win last night for the Boston Celtics, and they wind up losing it, and they lost it in the in the similar fashion of how they lost game three at home, which was not picking up Giannis full court, not sending the double team fast enough. Pretty much not being prepared for Giannis's Giannis's second move because when he drives, he's initially cut off and then he does the, he goes to his his patent spin move. And the Boston Celtics last night were just not there to guard against the second move uh, on that spin. And, and, and Giannis has proven time and time again that if you're not there, like you were in game one to, to guard that that second move off the first cutoff, that spin move that he likes to do, he's getting to the basket. If, if there's no resistance on his second move, he's getting to the basket and he's most likely scoring. Now, uh, I've talked about this with some NABJ circles, National Association of Black Journalism circles, uh, in that sports task force group chat that we got. And I came out after game one's victory and I said, the Celtics in six, you know, it's not looking good for the Bucks. All that silly stuff that Giannis was doing, they gave you pretty much a blueprint on how to stop it in game one. So it kind of deters me to say, like, what the hell is happening in game three, uh, games two, three, and four in, in this matchup? I don't understand where the defensive intensity has gone for the Boston Celtics. It seems like nobody wants the responsibility of guarding Giannis, and nobody is there for help defense like they were in game one to really shut this guy down. And he's proven now that if you, if you don't make that concerted effort, to shut me down and send two, three guys at me and get the ball out of my hands, I will dominate. I will eventually still make the right pass when it's time to make the right pass uh, to shooters, and they're going to knock down shots. But I think the most impressive thing right now is the Milwaukee Bucks and specifically Giants' mental toughness over over the Celtics right now because they're not taking no for an answer. They could have wrapped it up after uh, going into Boston and, and – Possibly be going uh, home down 3-1. Instead, they're up 3-1 with a chance to close out in Game 5, which I think they will obviously do. Um, I mean, the Celtics, they have the they have, they have have talent to turn it around. Uh, but Coach Brad Stevens, you know, he's in my crosshairs a little bit. You know, I think Gordon Hayward is getting too many minutes. I think that he hasn't lit the fire under Tatum and Jalen Brown to really say that, yo, this is your defensive assignment. If you guys don't, Defend this guy, we're going to lose, and I just don't know where the the, the uh, intensity has gone. So the question remains: you know, is John Style? It doesn't work in the playoff, and does work in the playoffs rather. And I mean, kinda. I mean, game one it didn't work. Games two, three, and four it did work. So that's three to one, you know. But I I think it's more of what the Celtics aren't doing than what Giannis pretty much is doing. You know, I mean, he's being allowed to make plays like it's in the regular season with no resistance nobody's really put him on his ass yet as far as maybe even a flagrant foul or a hard foul you know what i mean they're just making it too easy for this guy 
So, I don't really think that... I'm still really not a Giannis fan or Giannis believer just yet. Um, I really blame the Celtics more than I give credit to Giannis on his performance. I know that sounds a little bit harsh, you know, but Giannis, you know, he, he I will give him that his mental toughness compared to last year is much greater. You know what I mean? They gave him that three-point shot in game two, and he started to knock him down. So I really like the preparation that he's coming in the, and the mindset that he's coming into these games with. You know what I mean? Like, he went after – after that game one loss, he went back to the drawing board with some humility and said, yo, if they give me this shot, this, 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 this three-pointer shot – I, not only do I have to take the shot, but I got to make the shot. So for him to come out in, game, in games two, three, and four and just prove that he could knock it down, that gave him immense confidence. And, and I'm not sure where Jason Tatum is going. We'll speak about Jason Tatum uh, later in the forum side of this show. But I'm just too confused right now as to what the hell is going on uh, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You guys are supposed to be the wing defenders. This is your matchup. I don't care that he's seven feet tall. Jason Tatum, you're a lengthy guy. You know what I mean? You're about 6'9". This is your matchup. And you're letting the guy do whatever he wants. Is I mean, the question, the main question I had uh, as far as Giannis in the regular season, is this guy that physically dominant and physically uh, more athletic than everyone out there on the floor like that? And I think in the playoffs that he, he is that athletic. He is that more physically dominant than the rest of the guys that are out there on the floor. So... I mean, have we seen Kyrie Irving play his last game uh, in Boston Garden uh, as a Celtic? I think so. Um, I think they might be able to win game five and, and maybe may even win get, uh, game six. But it's just not looking good for the Celtics, you know what I mean? Their morale is down. Their chemistry is all over the place. Their rotations are terrible. Uh, they're not sliding their feet defensively. They're terrible on help defense. Uh, what more can you say about these guys? I mean, the Bucks really took the heart of the Celtics. Uh, last night for sure uh, Just confirmed it But I'm just not not pleased with what I'm seeing I think Kyrie is out of there He's packing his bags And quite frankly the teammates around him You know what I mean They're not going to miss him too much Now Let's talk about the second mega matchup From last night's games The Rockets and the Warriors The Rockets and Warriors I'm getting a call right now From a Jersey City number that I don't know We're going to decline that because we're podcasting right now. We're broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, but the Rockets, they protected home court last night and sent the series back to Golden State, tied 2-2. Two to two. So, you know that you know that old saying that, you know, I mean, it, the, the playoff series hasn't really started until the home team loses. So this series hasn't really started yet. Um, pretty much both teams have pretty much uh, protected their home floor. Um, now... This is interesting, though, because Game 5 in Oracle Arena will be pretty much the precursor of who's going to win this series, as, as do a lot of Game 5s. When when they're, when they're tied up 2-2, two two, that Game 5 is a pivotal, pivotal matchup. If the Rockets were to, able to win game, game 5, you know, it puts immense pressure on the Warriors uh, going into Game 6 in Houston. I think that's the pressure that the NBA would like to see, NBA fans out there who aren't particularly Warriors fans that don't really want to see the Warriors repeat. This is what we all been waiting for. We After that first uh, two games, you know, when the Warriors uh, sent the series back to Houston uh, up 2-0, it was a little depressing, you know what I mean? Like, we weren't having fun as NBA fans. We didn't think the Rockets stood a chance, and we also, stood, uh, we also thought that the Warriors 
could steal a game in games three and four, which they did not. They were unsuccessful. So right now, I mean, all bets are off with this Rockets uh, Warriors series after what I'm seeing from James Harden. Now, I criticized James Harden when he was down 0-2. I'm not going to lie. I said, where the hell is this playoff James Harden at? Now, games three and four, we got to see that James Harden, you know what I'm saying, that 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 MVP regular season James Harden that I was talking about that needs to show up for the, for the Rockets to even have a chance out there, really. And I think he solidified that in game three in overtime with that step back three over Iguodala to pretty much ice the game. And I think... Uh, that gave him immense confidence in Game Four. He hit a he hit more tough shots in Game Four. Like he's getting hotter, pretty much as the series goes on, while Clay is getting getting a little colder. Now going back to Oracle, uh, maybe better for Golden State. You know what I mean? They get some home cooking. They get their fans back. Um, but it can't it can't go without stating that you know Demarcus Cousins going down in, in that uh, series one, pretty much uh, round one of the playoffs. Pretty much equal the playing field a little bit with the Warriors Rockets, you know what I mean? Whereas DeMarcus Cousins would have put them over the top. Now you're dealing with a guy, you're dealing with a team without pretty much inside presence or rim protection outside of Kevin Durant. So, you know what I mean? It, 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 the Rockets can can go five five all small guys and, and, and outdo the Warriors playing small ball. They can do that with P.J. Tucker pretty much playing that center role. Um... And we, we're starting to see that right now. You know what I mean? Like the Rockets. I mean, I give them guys a lot of credit. You know what I mean? Like James Harden has really, really stepped it up. He's had 38, I think, in back-to-back -back games. Exactly. You know what I mean? I said earlier, if he's only averaging about 30 a game and five assists, he's going to either have to up his, 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 his scoring percentage or he's going to have to get more assists for the Rockets to even stand a chance and win both of these games at home. Now, I also kind of tweeted that in game two, if the Rockets didn't still won... At Golden State in those first two games that this series was over. Now, I I, I I don't know now. You know what I mean? They 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 came back to Houston, protected their home floor. Now it's a best of two out of three, like in um pretty much I, only the one series that the Bucks are up three to one. The rest of the series in the NBA right now, playoffs are all matching up for crucial game fives. We got two game fives uh tonight, which I'll get to. But just to finish up on the Rockets Warriors, what I'm seeing out there. Uh, I think Austin Rivers coming back has been huge. Austin Rivers coming back has been huge. I'm not going to lie. Eric Gordon playing out of his mind right now. Eric Gordon thinks that they can win. Eric Gordon is playing as if the Rockets have a chance to really win this thing. And I think James Harden, after, you know what I mean, complaining the refs about game one, which, you know what I mean, the Rockets probably could have won game one. Had uh, the refing situation been a little bit different, you know what I mean? The play call's been a little different. Um, but I think I think James Harden has has finally moved past the point of playing four fouls, you know what I mean? Or playing to get to the to the, to the free throw line. He's understanding that okay, I'm not gonna get these calls like I do in the regular season. Is there another way for us to win these games? And the only other way for us to win these games is to get buckets, man. So I'm proud of James Harden. You know what I mean? Game five is is up for grabs. I think that the Rockets can win game five and game six to, and, and, and knock out the Warriors four straight. That's what I really want to see. I would not be surprised if this series went seven. You know what I mean? But even, even in game seven, you know, I don't really necessarily take the Warriors. Right now, all the pressure's on the Warriors. All the pressure's on the Warriors to win game five. 
The Rockets are playing with house money at this point. Uh, I like the Rockets uh, possibly moving on and knocking out the Warriors and making these playoffs that much more interesting. Now, let's get to um, the Raptors-Sixers matchup. Game 5 tonight in Toronto. Uh, obviously, we've seen Kawhi Leonard pretty much play out of his mind. Game 3, the Sixers pretty much mollywopped the Raptors. Um, so, give, give much credit to Kawhi Leonard. And the Raptors to come back in Game Four in those red and white unis that I love. Uh, those are probably one of the best uniforms right now in the sport of NBA. The Raptors alternative red and whites. By the way, just putting that out there. But the Raptors were able to win Game Four without Siakam, who's pretty much their their second best player in these playoffs. So, you know what I mean. And when they needed a bucket, Kawhi was there to get a bucket. You know what I mean. Uh, they were only up by maybe like two, three points with the ball. Kawhi gets it on the wing, dribbles it out to the top of the key. And I say, yo, get, go get a bucket, Kawhi. I'm watching the game. All I have to say is go get a bucket, Kawhi. Literally, he knocks down the three. And that's all they, all she wrote for game four in Philadelphia. Now, uh, can the Sixers pretty much go into Toronto tonight and pretty much still back home court advantage and come back to Philly in the elimination game? That's quite possible, you know what I mean? I'm going to stick to my original prediction, though, when this series first started. I took the Raptors in seven. Um, that's It's still shaping up to pretty much be Raptors in seven. I think even if Toronto wins games, game five tonight, the Sixers find a way to protect home floor and face, uh, and, and face a game seven back in Toronto, which I think the Toronto Raptors will win. Obviously, they got the guy that they could give it to in crunch time to go get a bucket, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Um, so, yeah, moving right along. To the Nuggets Blazers, my matchup that I'm getting paid to watch tonight, Game Five. Oh uh, man, uh, I know Charles Barkley. He stated that he thinks that the Blazers can reach the finals. I mean, I was happy from what I saw out of my guys in Games Three and Four. Obviously, the games that we won, the quadruple overtime game, which we won. I was very proud to see that. Proud to see CJ get 41 on them boys, Game Three, and all of that. But I mean. If they really wanted to put a stranglehold on this series like the Bucks did last night, I mean, and, and, and to advance to the Western Conference Finals, I think that Game 4 was a pivotal, pivotal game that they they lost, they did not win, that they had to pretty much win to ensure they made the Western Conference Finals. Now, Game 5, going back to Denver, I mean... I think game one, I, I previously stated that I saw some of the worst foul calls I've ever seen called in game one in Denver. Um, de uh, obviously, game two was a much better officiated. Has And games three and four have uh, been pretty much fair as far as the refs are concerned. But game one was pretty bad. So if we get a ref matchup anywhere, anywhere close to game one of... Uh, this playoff round, this playoff series, Nuggets Blazers. I think the Nuggets are able to uh, escape, escape with uh, the game five victory. Um, I think this series is going seven, regardless. Uh, even if the uh, Nuggets win game five, I think the Blazers have enough juice to uh, send it back to Denver for game seven. Which again, all bets are off. Uh, we got to talk about Dame Lillard. Obviously, he's getting. Uh, Defended much better than he was in the OKC series, so we haven't really seen Dame go off other than in Game One, uh, Game Two, which they won. He only probably had like 15 points or something like that. A game that was really dominated by the role players, guys like Aminu, uh, you know what I mean, stepping up. 
But Dame, game four. We needed more out of we needed more out of Dame game four. Period. Period. He didn't play well enough. Thus, we lost game four. And I keep telling you guys, you know what I mean. I, say what you want to say about Jokic. He's a beast. He's a seven foot, pretty much three hundred pound man beast. He played sixty minutes over. I think sixty four minutes in the quadruple overtime game, which is astounding for a seven foot player. But really, the guy for the Nuggets that I'm most worried about is Jamal Murray. Now, I've talked about the silent assassin, Jamal Murray. The guy is a monster. He's, he's a silent assassin. He had all six free throws back to back to back. Oh, also, in game four, Dane missed some critical free throws. He's a 90% shooter from the free throw line. Dane missed three free throws. You know what I mean? All that critical junctions. Well, I, I thought that he, he probably should have made them. He missed one in, in, in serious crunch time that would have gave uh, his team pretty much a, a single possession game from a three-point lead to a, a to a four-point lead to a three-point lead, rather. And Dame missed a free throw. I mean, that was the game right there. Uh, I think CJ, he came back. He had a long two that he thought was a three. Um, I think the Nuggets really escaped out of there with a game four victory. Must win for the Nuggets. And the fact that you win, you can win a must win game like that, it, it proves that, you know what I mean, that you showed up with some pride, you know what I mean, with some focus and ability, unlike what we saw from the Boston Celtics last night. So, I mean, what can you say about game five tonight? I don't really want to pick a winner. I think the Nuggets win game five tonight, and I'm the Blazers logger. I've seen all the Blazers games. I just think that the Nuggets, you know what I mean, Tied 2-2. This is their shot to really take the commanding lead in the series. Up 3-2 and, and force that elimination game in Portland. They don't want to have to go back to Portland in an elimination game. Because I guarantee you, if Portland wins tonight, we're winning it in six games. Bottom line. Straight up and down. So, we'll see what happens tonight. I'm very interested to see that. The game starts at 10.30. I think the first game starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, Raptors, Sixers at, uh, in Toronto. So, there you guys have it. You know what I mean? I still think the Raptors are going to win this in seven. The Rockets have a good chance of winning game five and possibly going four straight on the Warriors right now. And I think the Bucks close out the Celtics in five games now. Uh, seeing that what we've seen. So before we get to the form, let's go over a little headlines. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, Wojnowski, one of the best NBA uh, insider reporters in the league, he's stating that Kawhi might resign with the Raptors now, uh, which is uh, a bit of a surprise. He doesn't really fit, you know what I mean, the, the Raptors as far as the team chemistry. I, I don't really like what I'm seeing, you know what I mean? They don't really look like a championship team with just Kawhi there as the best player. So I think he should just uh, wait his options out, but you know what I mean. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised had if he did resign and kept a little bit more money to to, to play uh, uh, in Toronto. Next headline: Wojnarowski stating that Clay might choose the Clippers over the Lakers if the Warriors don't give Clay the max. But obviously, I think the Warriors do give Clay the max. Um, I think uh, Draymond gets his money too, and I think KD might leave. Or if not, KD might sign for one more year uh, as a Warrior if they do three-peat and, and uh, play in that new arena in San Francisco. So, now we get to the forum side of this uh, podcast. The forum is when we go to uh, the forums online, which NBA fans are currently chatting around and leaving comments on and creating their own topics. So, I love that the fans of the NBA are so dedicated that they would take their time out to 
discuss their own topics online with other NBA fans. So the forum is just about taking some of those question topics and answering them on my podcast. So the forum, the first question is what are the things about basketball that make it better than other sports? Now, is it the fact that, you know what I mean, we feel a bit closer to the players that they don't wear helmets? You could you could put that in there, you know what I mean? There's less players in football, you know what I mean? And there's only five guys on the court for a team at, at a specific time as to like 13, I think, for football. Uh, I think baseball has just become too slow for the modern generation, you know what I mean? We could get into baseball a little bit. If you actually go into baseball games like Yankee Stadium, that's, that's all fun and well. I think baseball has a little bit too many games at 163 games a year. I mean, baseball almost feels like, you know, when they're playing right now in baseball and it's only May and they got the entire summer to go through, why watch it if it's not even important until about August? You know what I mean? Baseball is, is struggling with, with that thing. I think basketball kind of has that early on in the season, but I think Adam Silver and the, and the guys that, do the scheduling for the league, make sure that there's some primetime matchups at least on national television to keep you interested. They got stars going against stars, all that jazz, you know what I mean? They keep it a little bit more interesting um, rather than baseball, which is kind of random. I mean, NFL, you know what I mean? Week to week, probably gets more viewership. But I think the thing that makes basketball better than other sports is that it's easier to play, you know what I mean? It's It's easier to go out to a hoop somewhere and just go hoop. Or it's, it's easier to go play five-on-five basketball than go and find 13 guys to play tackle football out on the park. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a physical sport, but it's not like a physical, physically dominating sport, I would say. You know what I mean? And the NBA stars are in a good, good light right now. You know what I mean? Like, the NBA stars, they get guaranteed money. So even if they get injured, they, they, you know what I mean? There's no blowback on the owners, really, pretty much for NBA the NBA is pretty much in a pretty much good good standing right now, and it's a global game. Um, behind soccer, is probably the second biggest global game because all you need is a ball and a hoop to play it yourself. So I think that's one of the biggest things that sets basketball apart right there. It's just that, you know what I mean? It's, it's relatable. Um, you got guys that are 6'3 that can take over games, and 6'3 isn't, isn't that big. Uh, I think 7 foot, 6'8, you know what I mean? We look at those guys with kind of height envy. You know what I mean? But there are some shorter guys that can really get buckets on that stage. So it's just exciting to see guys that are smaller that can take over games. Um, Next question in the forum. Would have Durant won if he stayed in OKC with Russell Westbrook? Now, obviously, I don't think that he would have won a championship had he not joined the Warriors. I think the Warriors were a better team than just uh, the tag team of him and Russ. And I think that him and Rush's wouldn't work out pretty much from a basketball standpoint. Russ doesn't really know what to do with the Rock all the time in crunch time. Sometimes he makes spectacular plays, but that goes without saying that he's not under control when it when it's really time to hone in and, and win a game seven or win a game six. That's a crucial game. Russ is always all over the place in those games, and he's kind of always letting his emotions get to the best of him. Um, now, I think had OKC held on to Harden, Russ, and KD, would KD have championships? Absolutely. I mean, if you want to talk about KD's uh, tenure with OKC, I blame uh, GM uh, Sam Presti. Obviously, he, he didn't think Harden would be this good. 
He traded away Harden to keep Serge Ibaka and get a first-round draft pick and Kevin Martin and all that stuff. He basically thought James Harden was replaceable. Now James Harden's coming up on his second MVP. If, if Harden is able to win his second MVP this year, that will make him uh, one MVP more than Durant now. And I think that if the big three of OKC, the original big three of Harden, Westbrook, KD, had they stayed together, they'd be tearing up the league right now. All you could think about right now would be OKC Thunder. But Harden was traded, and just the nucleus of Russ and KD were, is, were, is not enough to get it done. We saw that it's not enough to get it done. Uh, I don't care what KD is doing right now on the Warriors. It's irrelevant to the fact that he would not be able to get it done in OKC with him and just Russ there as the superstar, as the superstar players. You know what I mean? And I talked about this on the, on one of the previous podcasts when OKC and uh, Portland were in the first round. It's just like OKC has never really been able to find that third guy after they gave away Harden to play that shooting guard role. So if they, if they, if, if we're talking about Russ and Paul George right now in 2019 and they still haven't been able to fill out that two guard role that guard that can play next to Russ yet what makes you think they would have found that found it out with KD there will we still be looking at Russ KD you know what I mean a top heavy team with Russ and KD but then you got guys like Ferguson out there you know guys that really should not be uh starting in in, in the playoffs you know what I mean bottom line so that's my take on it I think that KD would still be ringless had he not joined the Warriors that's just me Okay, in the last forum topic, this is going to be a quick show today. Is Jason Tatum ever going to be better than what Chris Middleton is right now? Now, this is an interesting topic that uh, definitely I looked at when I uh, decided to pick the forum questions for today's podcast. And Jason Tatum, man, I've, I've been disappointed in this guy his second year in the league. First year he came out as a rookie, you know what I mean, without Kyrie out there. And played wonderful in the regular season. He was looking like a, a special, special talent last year. And he did his thing in the playoffs. He had that rememberable dunk over LeBron in the playoffs last year. Okay, he did his thing this year. He doesn't really look. He doesn't. He doesn't look like you know. And this happens with 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 rookies going into their second year. They don't really got that dedication like they once had. You could tell that they haven't been really working to add new things to their game. This summer, they almost look like the, the same player as they did last year. And Jason Tatum, his mentality this second round against Giannis just has not been there as the guy that he doesn't look at it as a personal matchup. And for the great ones, the the great ones, the Kobe Bryant's of the world, and the the Antetokounmpo's and the Lebrons, they're going to take it upon themselves to get this to get a, either get a stop or or just outscore their opponent that's 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 matched up with them they're going to take things like that personal they're not just going to let Giannis dunk all over them and 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 you know what I mean let 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 Giannis get easy basket like Jason Tatum is doing so just to answer the question will he ever be better than Chris Middleton I mean he's not right now because Chris Middleton uh got his first all-star appearance this year as the second star on the Bucks um is he will he ever be better than Chris Middleton no, I don't think he will be. You know what I mean? And uh, I spoke about this a long time ago. I've been tweeting this out there. That I think I'd rather have Kuzma than Jason Tatum. Because I think Kuzma, his passion for the game is is a little bit more. As where, where Jason Tatum may have Kuz and uh, athletic ability, maybe. 
You know what I mean? He may be a, a notch higher as far as athletic standards go. But Kuzma, he's got a better mentality out there on the floor than Jason Tatum. I mean, Kuzma, he came back this year as a better defender. He added that to his game where Kuzma was like, yo, I got to become a better defender. Or, you know what I mean? I got to become a better overall player. I think we, we've seen Kuzma step up like that this year, even though they did not make the playoffs, obviously. But I think if Kuzma was out there, there's no way you would see Kuzma out there, you know what I mean, shying down from a matchup with Giannis. You know what I mean? He's going to be like, bring it on. I'm going to take you. And I'm going to take your best shot and try to get you out of this game and get you off of your game. Um, but Jason Tatum, it used to be the sky was the limit for this guy. Now, I mean, maybe we're going to have to see Kyrie really leave the subject to really see the um, the potential of Jason Tatum. And I couldn't help to think uh, about it last night that, you know, if Jason Tatum was in discussion to get AD to Boston and they didn't pull it because they really like Jason Tatum, shame on the Boston Celtics. They should have definitely got rid of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for AD, seeing what I'm seeing now in this playoffs, man. Now, that's been it for today's podcast on the NBA League Pass podcast, only on the War Report Radio Series, a.k.a. The Forum, man. Make sure you guys follow me on my social media handles, Jared. No, no, excuse me. That's my name. I'm the gracious host, Jared Adams. But my social media handles are on the War Report. My Twitter handle is War Report Radio straight through. My Instagram is War underscore Report underscore Radio straight through. Holla at us, man. Make sure you guys follow, like, and subscribe to this video. Give me a five-star review on iTunes podcast, man. Make sure you guys spread the link. Holla. Peace.